Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of the We Talk Music Podcast on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am Mockin. I have with me the king of the casters. He's Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, um, I don't know how else to put it. We have two talented MFers on today. <laughs> it is very true we do. Uh, you know, it, it's like sometimes you listen to music and, and you think that's good music. Sometimes you listen to music and you think, holy crap, how do they do that? These two guys are in the holy crap, how do they do that? We have Parker and Leo from Wings of Steel. Guys, it's so awesome to have you on. And holy crap, how do you do those things? Thanks for having us on, man. And it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm, we just do it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's all I can really uh, say. So yeah, Perker, you play guitar, Leo, you sing, and uh, and I mean, you guys are awesome. So let's talk. I mean, Leather and Lace is the new single. It's it's super good. Why that one out of out of the album in, in this case? I mean, it's it, it's kind of a this this whole album, Gates of Twilight, is a very diverse uh, repertoire of songs, um, and I, I think a lot of it's just reflective of uh, me and Leo, we have a lot of different uh, musical influences. And when we write, we just, we just write what's inspiring us. We don't try to necessarily stick to a single kind of uh, style of music. So um, Leather and Lace just turned out to be the, um, just turned out to be the song that we chose to do the music video with. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, we totally, we could have done it for any of the 10 songs on the album. but another, um, another also, this this is not the reason, but an important factor to uh, mention there is that um, we are an independent band. And so the amount of money that we have to spend on our endeavors is not as, uh, it's not as glorious as we would like it to be. Not yet, at least. <laughs> but, um, uh, but Leather and Lace is the, the shortest song on the, uh, on the whole album. I think it's like three, just over three minutes. Um, and so in terms of uh, going and, and paying to shoot a music video, um, even though, I mean, you can you can do depending on it kind of depends on the concept of the video as well. But um, it's a little easier to get three minutes of footage done as opposed to like, let's say we did a music video for like Into the Sun or or, um, or uh, another longer like it'd be a much bigger production, which would cost more money. And then it would be a little bit uh, more difficult for us to pull off at the, the quality standard we wish to keep it at. Um, Further add yeah. on to that. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Sorry about that. Uh, Further add on to that. I think it's, it's one of the songs on the album. There's a few of them, but it has got this good energy throughout. And um, also looking at what we released previously as a music video, we had uh, Wings of Steel. And as uh, Parker mentioned, we're all about diversity in our catalog, so it would make sense that we put out a song that was a little bit different in terms of a music video. Yeah, I like the fact that you bring up that you're an independent band because, I mean, I think it's fascinating to to think because so many bands out there, they just, the first thing they want to do is get signed to a record label, but you guys have actually turned down getting signed to a record label so you can keep yourselves independent at this moment. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the, like, the way things have been progressing, um, We've been doing just fine on our own, you know, like, like you mentioned, we've had people approach us with, with contracts and stuff, and it's not like we turn everyone down just for the sake of turning people down. Uh, we have our terms that if the contract can live up to that, we're all for it. If there are pros just signing on with the contract, you know, money and exposure being a big thing, uh, 
luckily enough, you know, our fan base is not huge, but it is freaking awesome. And people are spreading the word, you know, it's ultimately what brought us here too. Um, so things have been going really well and we can see that it keeps on progressing. So why mess with a winning concept at this point? Yeah, it's, it's really, at, um, I think every, all the business and everything aside, like this is, um, this is a, it's a passion thing for us. And, um, uh, we want to do what we can do to take our thing as far as we can without, um, impeding it. And we just haven't, um, we haven't received an offer from anybody that, um, really seems like it's going to allow that what we're what we're a big thing that could happen is that if we have somebody else deciding what songs we can put on the album you're not going to get an album like gates of twilight you're going to get an album that sounds like maybe a couple of the songs on gates of twilight but the thing is too from the the creative perspective like we we write what um what's inspiring to us and if somebody's if the guy that you're you know legal or contract contractually obliged to um company you're working with saying okay you have to do this kind of song um the music's not going to be as good so yeah so how long did it take you guys to put together uh gates of twilight then kind of funny because of the situation we're in where you know i'm i'm out in sweden and every time i come over to the u.s currently it's on a tourist visa which allows me to stay for 90 days so we pretty much had uh 10 weeks to write and record these 10 songs on the album, and I think we managed to get it done just under that time. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What What is the process then for you guys writing together? I mean, Leo, do you do all the lyrics, and, and do you both come together with some of the music, or how does it work? So usually, I a lot of, not everything, some of it just comes right off the bat, um, but a lot of the the ideas for songs it starts with something that me and leo just came up with i mean when you're a musician you're sitting around if i'm sitting here with my guitar i'm you know every other day i'm like oh that's a cool idea take a little like phone recording or whatever you got this big list and then of that big list you have okay like oh this one's really cool um or, or whatever so like that's um that's a good starting point but not always uh but usually it you know, one of us will take one of those ideas and then we'll sit down and say, okay, let's, you know, do something like this. And I'm like, all right, I like this riff. And then he's like, no, it's, it's good, but you should change this. I'm like, okay. You know, and that, that kind of, uh, synergy just repeats throughout the whole process. So we sit, we sit here in this room that I'm sitting in right now and we, uh, we just lay out like a, a demo of everything. So we get like a, we do like, you know, the usually start with the guitars, but and um you know lay down some guitars put, like put some drums in put some bass and then we'll uh we'll take our time to really like compose it and uh, let everything come together um and then yeah then we will go through and get a good like clean final recording of everything and that's it cool because i mean that's the beauty of it i'm able to sit here with you know either like the keyboard or or the guitar or something and just like come up with something and then when I take it over to the stage I show it to Parker uh, it's the same thing there where he's like this is cool but what if we did this or you know as soon as it translates to the guitar it becomes so much better and especially with Parker's sound on it and there is this kind of we have this natural kind of synergy between us where it's just such an easy going process to write music together and it's like one section kind of breathes life into the next one and it just flows and 
that's how we were able to write that album in such a short amount of time. So then how did you two meet? We were going to, um, uh, we both went to the same music school out here, actually, called Musicians Institute. But I mean, we were, we were pretty much, there's not a, you know, we went there, we we're like, oh, there'll be a lot of really, uh, like, you know, rocker people and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't really a lot. And it was, it was really me and Leo and, you know, a couple other people too. But, um, but yeah, so eventually we crossed paths and, you know, we're talking about, I, I've met like so many, so few people who like know a lot of the same bands that I'm into. So I was, that was pretty great starting point we're just like yeah let's let's uh let's start something and it's it's funny to think about because you know sweden obviously having a lot of like rock bands and stuff especially in the modern day era right now like growing up i grew up um southeast of mainland sweden on an island called Gotland, and there's not a whole lot of music around here not a whole lot of rockers either so uh you know i played with a couple of bands growing up here but coming over to la meeting up with parker and really getting to share those you know we have the same kind of influences and he, he will show me stuff i'll show him some other stuff i grew up with and it kind of just naturally became what it is absolutely beautiful what's the challenge like when did you first start go ahead brad well i was gonna say what's the challenge like of living in you know two very separate countries i think well, the challenge is kind of uh figuring out a game plan right when when do we need to be together to do this or to do that? To play shows, to record music. You just gotta like think a year and a half ahead and just try and plan as far ahead as you possibly can. A lot of stuff due to, you know, modern day technology can actually be done the way that we're doing things right now. And like I, I actually said this recently in an interview where because of the different time zones, we're actually able to maintain the business pretty much twenty four seven between the two of us, which actually works out in our favor. So it's not all bad, but obviously it would have been better in a lot of ways that we've been able to be together. Yeah, it just it just adds a little bit of uh, a little bit of time and we're more more limited to the time that we have. But I mean, this is just for now. It's also like a, a big thing that uh, that's going to kind of change stuff is when we go out, we're doing some more touring. So like next year, we're going over to Europe. We're going to be there for um I mean, we're still booking everything out, so I'm, I'm not going to, it's not a set in stone, but we're looking to be there for like eight, nine weeks. Um, and we can do that. And then, you know, that's eight, nine weeks. We're touring. We'll have some downtime. We can do some other stuff together. And then he can come back out here uh, to the U.S. and we can either do a tour or another record or, um, but there's, there's ways to get around it. And then another thing too is like, okay, if there's more money in the band to go around, we can either sponsor a, a the legal thing to get a like a, a extended visa or if we have a bigger tour going on it's a little bit there's another visa that you can get saying hey like look we have all this like we can get an official work thing um yeah that, as far as the tsa knows at this point in time i'm just on the beach drinking pina coladas when i'm in the united states <laughs> <laughs> could be worse could be worse i had a few before the show too <laughs> What, uh, you know, who's in the band then when you're touring? Who's in the band with you? Uh, so we have uh, we have three other guys. We have uh, Stefan, John Bailey on rhythm guitar. And then we have uh, Mike Mayhem on drums, who's a guy who plays on the, the records as well. And then uh, Johnny Shangle on bass. Um, so we have we have a full lineup, but 
um, the, the way that we kind of work is me, me and Leo, basically we run the ship and, uh, that's pretty much it. Is there ever like any, uh, I, I don't mean ego between you two, but like in the rest of the band, do they, is there ever any issues because, because they're kind of hired guns or is just that just the way the business works? I mean, it, that's just the, um, you know, we, we try to, uh, we try to just look at it as like, this is just the, the dynamic of our, our group, you know, and it's, they, um, like they, if it's all, and it's all about like having fun and stuff like that. If you don't enjoy, like, this is what we need you to do in the band. Um, if you don't want to do it, like, it's all good. No worries, man. And, you know, if you're not enjoying it, it's, it is what it is, but that's pretty much it, you know? How one of the things that definitely the, the music has so much energy and uh you capture that in those music videos so what's a, a live show going to be like what what kind of energy can you bring it for that long that level i mean because it looks exhausting honestly <laughs> well you know like like parker said you know once upon a time when we're not playing the metal we're lifting it so you know we try and stay in shape so that we can uh, perform at the level we want to because the songs are to a certain extent pretty exhausting but uh, we've, we've had um, three shows so far and the last one we actually recorded so that one will be uh, coming out pretty shortly here we're going to release that one so you'll get a sense for how a Wings of Steel live experience is um, and then obviously as we play on bigger stages you're going to have to work on the cardio a little bit so you can make it all the way back and forth to each side but you know that's just a natural uh, progress what was it like then you know working on your live show uh, i mean just heading into your first show i mean I, th I think as fans we we don't necessarily think about the amount of effort that it takes to to um to kind of not go in there and like bump into each other i suppose on stage so how do you work on that i mean uh, leo and i before working in wings of steel we've had plenty of experience uh playing shows with other bands so it wasn't um it wasn't like a completely new thing for us uh but it's definitely i mean we wrote these songs in the studio pretty much um so to be able to take those songs and then play them with a real full band and a loud volume and shit it's just like that's like that's what the songs are meant for so that was um that's always really great but um but it is a, it's another animal too. just making sure that we can get, you know, get everybody tight, get everybody on the same page and make sure everything's, uh, you know, linking up. And then also there's, there's the logistics and making sure you have the right gear. You didn't leave anything at home, everything, the sounds all dialed in and then, um, you know, being able to perform and, and adjust for shit that goes wrong throughout the show, which happens inevitably. Um, so <laughs> But it's it's a lot of fun though, man. You know, when when you're a kid, you're sitting, you know, ten years old, and you're like, I want to be a musician. That's what you think about, man. You think about going on stage and playing live, and that's like for for all the stuff that's involved with you know with running the band. Um, like that's that's like the that's like the icing on the cake, man. There's all all the business and all the other shit. Like you got to do it. It's important. But the when you're playing live, man, like that's what it's all about. You know? Well said. So then, so were you ten years old when you first picked up a guitar? Then Parker, were you about that age? Uh, about that age, it, you know. Before that, like I, I had like another. I mean, as early as I can remember, my parents had like this little like shitty nylon string guitar just sitting around. So I would 
I would pick that thing up and like make a bunch of noise with it. But when I was uh, when I was ten, I started taking lessons, and that's kind of when it started, at least formally. <laughs> so, how many guitars do you own? Let's see. I own one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you count the bass. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it comes down to playing those guitars on the album or or live like do you which ones do you prefer and how many do you typically bring out with you i i try to keep the whole show on one guitar which is this one here and this is pretty much the guitar that does the bulk of the recording on the album as well i'm i like the having um just for from a uh from a logistical standpoint playing live it's much if you can do everything with one one instrument you can get all the versatility out of it like right you only have to bring one thing you don't have to change it throughout the set um it's just there and it's it's great you can focus on playing um but for the for the album i did use this one primarily for the rhythms i have another jackson over there that i used for some leads and then um and then i had a buddy um a buddy of mine he had the i think it was a les paul custom i forget what year it was um and then uh and then just some uh fender i think like a mexican strat um so i used uh there's those are like dashed in there so like there's a couple solos with that or a couple little clean parts with the strat but um but yeah that's pretty much the, the guitar breakdown yeah, the Jacksons seem to work great for for the overall like shredding. I think because when when you see shredders, I, I've seen a lot of them using Jacksons, and and you definitely get a nice sound out of them. Yeah, it's a it's a, like um it's like a uh, I I like the style and I like the the feel and the playability of them. Um, and I I think like tonally they're a little the tonally the Les Paul is the king. Like that's where the for me I think that's where like the all all other guitars like when you think of an epic like heavy rock guitar tone like that's like the that's like the root of it so i think i think the jackson is like a pretty close at least i mean a lot of it too it's in your hands so um but i think playing the jackson with the way i kind of play and like it's a little bit like closer to uh get everything that i want out of the sound as opposed to like an ibanez or or another um another brand And then Leo, How about you, you, Leo, when you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when did you first open your mouth and go, holy crap, I can sing? Or did other people say to you, holy crap, you can sing? Like, how did that? Because I, people hear me sing and say, holy crap, you can't sing at all. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how it all unfolded, but I think ever since, you know, I, I was born and raised on the blues. Like, my first memory is, is with music. Um, and I think I've been, singing pretty much since, pretty much as far back as i can remember you know, going between soccer games and everything just in the car um and then i guess I started playing in bands when i was like 15 16 years old um and then i tried to copy you know the likes of david lee roth or philip linus from lizzie stuff like that a lot of like cover and tribute things going on and so i, I became interested in like very experimenting a lot with my voice which has become uh, my entire like vocal philosophy and that's also what i teach when i teach um but 
I'm not sure, entirely sure. I guess when I met Parker, and I, I, he's a fantastic guitar player, and I guess he wanted me for his vocalist as well. That's got to mean something, you know? And of course, you, you hear people telling you that, you know, it sounds like this guy or like this guy, and, and they're all fucking, you know, fabulous vocalists and very grateful, you know? So it's, it, it's been a um, slow process with a lot of experimenting. Um, here we are. You know, I, I, I can definitely hear you pushing yourself on the album, you know, in a, in a good way, pushing yourself to, to you know, um, vocally to try different things with your range and your voice. So uh, is that, like, is that, what kind of mentality does it take to really push yourself vocally? I think the big thing is that you got to let expectations, you got to leave your expectations of yourself at the door. As long as you have all these expectations and how you want to sound, how you should sound and stuff like that, it's always going to be an uphill battle. You got something to live up to. If you're just there, you're in the moment. And um, as opposed to trying to do something, you just allow. It doesn't really matter how it comes out. You know, it's all about not judging the one or the other because what sounds bad is ultimately what's going to make you sound good because you only know the one in relation to the other, right? So you got to explore all areas of the voice. And this is actually where I feel like a lot of vocalists, they limit themselves. They do something that doesn't sound very good or pleasing or ugly. But if you dwell into those sensations of the voice and you learn how to work with them, you can actually develop your instrument way more than you could otherwise. And a lot of the times when we're recording with Wings of Steel, I'll be down there writing the lyrics and I'll come up with some melodies I want to do, but I won't like decide entirely on what melody I'll do. I'll let it kind of show as I'm recording the vocal. So I'll have one line that I'll record one line and sound like this. All right, that's cool. Let me try another one and I'll do something else. And then Parker's sitting there and he's like, dude, that's, that's fucking that's sick. But that thing you did now, that's the way to go. You know? So, yeah. I think it's, another- it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll just add add to that point because it's kind of uh, related. But um, uh, the thing the thing that's cool about Leo is that you know, and whenever you most people you hear a great vocalist and you just go, "Wow, he can sing so high." But um, and this is kind of tied into like the our diversity of our repertoire. He also has a great lower range. Um, and the thing is, is that the where where the voice should sit in a song a lot of it depends on a song um some songs it's not going to sound great if it's like really driving you know super electric heavy metal stuff and then it's just like really low stuff like it doesn't you know you can't do that so you need to you need to write music that um that kind of works like that with the voice um but that's another another cool uh cool thing that we get to do when we're not just stuck to one style as we can do stuff and we can explore different ranges of our uh, musicality. But, exactly. but yeah. I love that. The fact that we're writing the music beforehand. So when I sit down with it to come up with vocal melodies, it's an entirely new landscape each and every time. So you can dwell into new, new sensations and based on what kind of story you're putting out, you'll, you'll emphasize more of a sad kind of vibe or more like a powerful kind of vibe and stuff like that. And it's just, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm so grateful that I get to do it. You know, it is one of the things that definitely I notice about your songs and your lyrics is the storytelling. There is a lot of storytelling going on. Um, some people are are more about let's just have the rhythm and the and the, the rhymes and the but there's real storytelling going on behind your lyrics. I appreciate that. You know that that's that's one of the 
things that you get to do as a vocalist other than using your instrument you get to also paint uh, a picture on top of the music you know and uh, tell people your story and I, I think it should not be neglected it's such a powerful tool and uh, being interested in you know writing poetry and stuff like that it, it just translates so beautifully into heavy metal to begin with look at a guy like Dio right I always bring that guy up yeah, well, it's it's interesting because because like as I was listening to the album, I mean, certainly you've got leather and lace, but then Slave of Sorrows, which is probably what, probably my favorite song on the album, and and I just think you talk about the idea of the low your low register and stuff, and and that goes so many places. It's such a great uh, such a great basis for what you guys do. Yeah, I think it's great that both both me and Mark were able to use the whole. Uh, potential of our instruments that's, that's what makes music interesting and that's what makes writing so much fun you know so much more fun now parker one of the things that we oh go ahead, go ahead oh, i wanted to, i wanted to ask about soloing and stuff like that in this aspect because i mean your solos are, are amazing and so like how do you how do you kind of know when a solo's right um yeah, I, I sense it, man. It's uh it's really it's one of those things where um I I almost every time, not every time, but generally when I write a solo, I like to have the I like to have the background set first. So I'll put down the rhythm guitars and drums and bass and stuff. That's that's usually how I like to write leads, but sometimes the lead just, just comes and then the background it it, it flips. But generally so you know, I get the, the track and then I'll just sit down and I'll um I if Leo's vocals are already in there, I can like kind of take some motifs from what he's singing. Cause then if I bring those in the solo, like it'll people like it, you'll subconsciously like connect it and it'll like make a big impact. But if not, nah, I just, I just sit down, I jam it out. And, um, you know, sometimes like, um, like the solo on, uh, um, into the sun, there's like, it's kind of like a two part solo, but like right when it kicks off, when it's uh, the dynamic slow, like that whole, thing was like a i just lay that down which is crazy you know and then some other like um uh you know like a solo on maybe uh like, a, like leather and lace or whatever i guess that solo was maybe a little more like i i recorded one thing and you know then i tried some other stuff and then and i was like okay and then i kind of like all right i'll do i did like this thing there i'll try to put that there and then gradually piece it together but um but yeah i, I just kind of sit and lay it down and then it it uh, takes however long it takes to piece together but it is it is like writing the solo is like a song within a song um and i think it's in you know talking about storytelling you know i try to tell a story with the um with the guitar you know and it's a it's a blend of all tools too some people you hear you know you hear oh you this guy doesn't play enough or oh this guy more commonly this guy plays too much you know i try to just uh i try to put all the the technique and all that ego shit behind me and just create something that's like cool that it's a good it's an expression of my identity but it's not it's for the song and it's great it, it's it's always in favor of the song to go a little more in depth it's like we'll lay down a um lay down a foundation so we have a lot of the music figured out and then sit down to paint the story with words and melodies like that and then after that usually uh Parker lays down the solo so he further and adds on to it and it kind of creates this beautiful working dynamic but, but sometimes we I'll, I'll, I'll just say really quick i mean 
sometimes the solo comes first. Like we don't really, we don't have like a, a working order. It just happens however it unfolds. But, but yeah, anyways. No, no, it's just, it's interesting to hear about your recording process too, right? Not just the, the songwriting process. Cause we've had people who said to us, you know, uh, I only got one good take in me. So I do one practice one where I don't give it my all. And then one where I give it my all and that's it. I'm done. You know, and you get other people who'll tell you, I, I'll work at it for years, you yeah. know, literally. Like, I'll just keep going and going and going till I know it's right. And you guys sound like you have your own process, which you're you're developing. And, and that's pretty cool to hear about. Yeah, I, I think it's it's something where, um, yeah, if you do if you do too many takes, you're going to lose the, the thing and you're just going to get con. Uh, you're going to get fixated on the, the technical aspects of what you're recording. So then there's no there's no energy and it's not authentic. It just feels too. Um, but sometimes, you know, you sit down, you do one take and it's like, was that really like the best thing that we could do for the song? So it's generally, you know, we 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 take as long as we need to take to, to get it as good as we can. But we don't take too long. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the general thing is that I think most people, they, they do take after take after take and then try get it, you know pitch perfect no perfect everything is like that we're, we're not so caught up on that actually there's a lot of beauty in the imperfection i kind of mentioned that a little earlier but uh what we more so try and do is we make sure that we have enough emotion behind the take if you don't feel like we're there entirely it, it's, it's going to come out in the music man the way that you get goosebumps is by channeling that inner emotion and that that's just super apparent so that's what we make sure we got how much did the musicians institute then i guess i guess teach you and get you prepared for this like well i i will say that if uh if i if we were not going there we would not have met each other at least at the the time that we did and we would probably not be sitting here having this interview so i'll that, that was the biggest takeaway from going there um i mean i i think a lot of the um a lot of the the education there like i mean leo and i both went into it having a pretty good uh we were already doing pretty well in terms of that um you know it, it helped iron out a little bit of the, the edges and um uh it kind of gave you little introductions to things but i mean i don't think the the knowledge that you learn there would be particularly any uh more or less different than you would get from any other basic music school um but uh yeah to further add to that i will say that i think what musicians institute did and what a lot of music institutes do is they, they teach you how to be a good musician you know in a lot of cases a technician or you know go by the book or do this or do that what they don't teach you and what they cannot teach you uh, what you can only really teach yourself is to go outside of the box and that is what makes a fascinating band that's what makes a good sound and that what that's what make that is what makes your band your band if you just try and go by the book you're going to end up doing someone else's you know thing so you can absolutely play by the book and utilize the book but you got to write your own chapter yeah they, they teach you how to how to use the tools but you have to use the tools to create something i but i i think honestly that's probably any music school you go to you know you learn you, music theory is not supposed to be the basis of your thing it's supposed to be a tool you know, okay, if, if we're playing this chord progression and I'm playing over an E minor and then or E minor six or whatever, I'm going to play a, 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 something in Dorian, it'll sound good. You don't have to play that. You can play other stuff. It won't sound as good, but 
that's all music theory is. It's not uh it's not something to base all of the music that you you write on or whatever. But yeah. You know, that's that's why I th- you said that there wasn't many rockers there and I was like I'm just a little disappointed to hear because I mean I love all music pretty much. I uh, except for new country music. I got no use for that. But but uh, you know, other than that, pretty much all music I love. But at the end of the day, the, the rockers. I mean, I can tell you're into the bands that we're into. You know, and as you can probably tell from my background, it's not too far off too. So, you know, uh, to hear that there isn't many rockers there is disappointing. What do you guys see as the future of rock music? Uh, I I think um, I think really like um it's it's gonna it's gonna continue to evolve because uh, music will always evolve with human beings because human beings are always evolving i think that's just um inevitably that's gonna be what it is um i think that in in terms of like styles you're gonna we're gonna continue to get what the mainstream radio calls rock music now which I, i think compared to what you know what most people like you and I would think of rock music as you know the stuff back in the day like it's not um it's not the same but I still think that um there there's still people that kind of do that style and uh there'll be there'll be those who try to replicate and there'll be those who create their own thing with it um I think any genre that kind of stems from the blues right um, it's never going to die because the one thing you can digitalize or machinize, machinize or whatever thing is, you cannot get the human emotion into that. And that's ultimately where it all comes from. As long as that's a thing, meaning as long as we're here on this earth, there's always going to be great music coming out. And rock music is always going to be one of the, um, the elements in the forefront of it. It always has been since it came out and always will be. And I, I think actually an interesting interesting thing that I, I think about a lot actually is that um it's very very possible that even though because it's not it's not mainstream and it's not you know you're not gonna you're not likely to see a rock band playing the halftime show at the super bowl or whatever like i mean hopefully maybe they'll change their mind and they'll do it but probably probably not gonna happen um but i think because of the internet and the digital age that we live in there's people in all corners of the globe that back in the day did not really have access to rock music that now they have access to rock music so you could you could argue and i bet you there's numbers to back this up that rock music is actually there's more people listening to rock music nowadays than there ever has been uh, so that's probably true that's probably true and i mean you guys keep on selling out of the, the printings of your, your cd so i mean that's a good sign absolutely yes so then how how do you guys try to try to um access the those untapped rock fans? I mean it's it's a gradual thing and uh you know promotion and, and exposure is actually uh a, I think a, a pretty a pretty damn fundamental thing in terms of how big a band gets. I think there's a lot of really great bands out there that you know never got the exposure they deserved but they had really great music. Um I, I point being like, yeah, that's, that's really important stuff. Uh, but really what we, you know, we do what we can do. Um, you know, I, I think the music videos for us has been like the ultimate, uh, it's proven to be a really great tool for us to reach people with. Um, uh, 
so that and it's really it's that and and just word of mouth really um i mean we have our we have our little thing on on you know social media but uh that's that's kind of just like a we we kind of look at it it's like a mailing list you know so it's, we can see what we're up to you can see some pictures and stuff but that's not i i think the the real people it comes from you know when you uh when somebody like has a friend or whatever and they're like hey like check this out um i think that's how you really grow and, and reach a lot of people so there's there's that and then of course uh you know next year we're heading over to europe to get out and play some more live shows and and hopefully uh 2024 2025 we'll be able to do more live performances and i think that uh that as well is is going to be a great way for us to reach people and continue to uh continue to build and of course your your reach is only going to be as good as your music is you get, you know you got to keep writing good music as well it's good that we do have our social media and it kind of is a way for us to communicate with with our fans and you know dialogue open we love to do that but it's like parker says playing playing bigger shows that, that that's the gray waters for us to get to you know uh, go through so that's going to be you know, yeah and i i think too um you know even though even though what i said at the beginning of my point is a little contradictory like we we put all the emphasis into the music the most important thing for us is is writing the best music that we can and that you know we've seen that even though you know since we've started pretty much 2022 when we put out our ep um you know we're we don't have like a big team of people helping us out with pr and all that stuff like we're just kind of we're on our own just trying to do things here and there to, to do it but i i think the the music speaks for itself and i think so long as that's the case you know yeah if, if it if it's like that and then oh we have a pr team or something like holy shit um so it just takes time it's going to gradually build up there but, but yeah but you know i mean you guys have these awesome covers you don't have a big team but the the you know the artwork you guys got you know on on everything you single your as well as the ep and the album i mean that it kicks ass like it look it stands out uh where did you get this from if you don't you know i'm that was it is it one of you two have a secret talent well i wish but no actually it was um we were thinking about it and i think uh i think i, I started like googling on like tattoo artists nearby or something like that because we figured you're like where do we find artists you know like you can go online and like send money to i don't know Pakistan and have someone draw it and something like that but like what do we have nearby and came across uh, a shop called direwolf tattoo and they had all the their artists uh, listed there and I, I was looking at the art and i came across this one guy who had like um, paintings of, uh, of nature like animals and stuff like that and i think we both knew that we wanted to do like you know winged stallions um, and so i'm like man this guy spencer uh spencer caligari um like I, I think we should hit this guy up and so we did and uh, we went over there and we kind of explained what we were going for and this guy was stoked and he did not let us down amazing person great help he did the did the ep did the album he'll probably do the next ones too you know <laughs> like he's he's great man yeah Took the uh, unicorns, horses, Pegasus, whatever they are there. They reverse them on the, the EP and the album. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so they, there's synergy there between them. But I think it just looks awesome. 
So, uh, you know, and, and don't underestimate that. I think uh, it's, uh, you know, anything that makes you stand out is important. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. I think it's great because a lot of our music is about, it's like a balance, right? Balance between silence and sound, balance between heaven and hell, life, death, black, white. Like the album cover really presents um, what the, the story that the music tells. Yeah, I, I think it's simple too. You know, we, we put our, our heart and soul and everything into the music and we want to create something that kicks ass. And you got to get cover artwork that does the same because if you've ever ever picked up like a vinyl record or a physical copy of something you throw it on you're listening to it and you're checking that thing out and you're listening to the music and there's like a, a synergy happening you're going whoa you know like that's that's you an important thing like uh, you don't want to end up with like firehouse's first album you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. I, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, there's so many advantages to the mu music today in the, the digital age, but uh, the liner notes, the mythos, you know, I mean, the, things like that, that, that were like personal messages. So I guess you can use your social media now to replace that, though, personal messages to connect to the crowd. Yeah. I mean, social media is, like, it's, it's such an amazing tool to be able to use today for all bands, you know. And it's something that shouldn't be looked easy on. I mean, it's something we, we definitely don't take for granted. Like, we don't get the chance to go out and meet our fans, on a, you know, face-to-face -face level as much as we would like. But at least we get to answer comments, answer messages, reach out to these people, and keep it up that way. And then that's really remarkable. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say really, I mean, pretty much, like, since we started in March of 2022, we've only... We've only got to play three shows as Wings of Steel, and they've all been here in LA. But we have fans all over the world, and that's that's thanks to the, the digital age that we live in. Um, so that is, uh, as I mean, you know, I'll, try, I'll I'll be the first to you know complain about technology and all the shit that we have in 2023. But like, it it is like there's a lot of benefit to it, and like our whole thing is is kind of been built off that. So it's it's a cool uh, cool thing about the day and age we live in. I saw the, you know a post you put on Facebook. It was like at two in the morning. I was thinking, Jesus, what did these guys sleep? But I, I guess Leo, if you're in Sweden, I hope that it was done for ten a.m. for you or whatever it is. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. I mean, it's it's mighty impressive. Twenty twenty two, the EP. Twenty twenty three, the the album. I mean, you're just gonna go for one album a year for now. <laughs> if I mean, if we can, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we definitely we have the firepower to do it for sure. Like, there's there's no lack there. As soon as we're not writing music, you know, we're doing something else. I'm like, fuck, oh, dude, I just want to write music, you know. And and then we get to <laughs> that, and we're still doing something else. And that's just the nature of the beast, you know. But man, there there is few things that beat writing music with your best fucking pal, dude. Oh, dude, that's that's what it is, man. We, I mean, I I just like we did we we wrote Gates of Twilight. Uh, summer of 2022 so we wrote that pretty we were, about a year ago now we were writing it um but i mean we we finished all that got everything recorded and we're mixing it and i'm just like dude let's you know i can't wait to do the more you know number three or whatever it's like fuck dude um that's the thing too like you gotta enjoy your own music right otherwise what's the point so yeah. that's what we do you know we would write the shit and then as soon as we're done with a demo we're super stoked to you know go out in the car and fucking blast it 
And uh, <laughs> well, that, that's that's the, uh, that's the that's the last piece of the process, man. Once you once you're done and you uh, you know you got everything recorded in a demo, you go in the car and you crank it up just to make sure it works. You know, <laughs> make sure all the neighbors know what's up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just drive up and down the street, make sure that that's how everybody gets to hear the new album. It's just that's, like you're, that, you're that's going. why if we like the thank you credits on our album, we actually thank uh, Ralph's parking lot too. <laughs> because we, we started drive because we actually we were getting complaints it was it was really my parents but there's you know where, where we live okay it's like it's older people like they're probably not appreciated that and we were doing that and it's like a weeknight or whatever and they're getting all whatever so we would drive there's a ralph's right by here so we drive by there and we're just sitting there we're in the car it's like one in the morning and <laughs> In you know. mall security rolls up and like mm -hmm. looking at us like what the f are these guys on? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. awesome! Well, um, you guys have been amazing, and uh, and I want you guys to tell everybody how they can keep up with you and where they can find the album. Uh, so yeah. we are on um, we're on Instagram at Wings of Steel Band. We're on Facebook at uh, Wings of Steel. You can find our music digitally on pretty much every streaming platform known to man. So Spotify, Apple Music, um, you can buy it on iTunes, Amazon, and then you can also um, Bandcamp. And then for physical stuff and merch, also Bandcamp. Um, we're actually, we're going to be, um, we, we're moving all of our store from Bandcamp to a website soon. Um, we haven't announced it yet. If you're following us on our social media, uh, you'll see it, but that will be uh, wingsofsteelband.com. Um, and check out our uh, YouTube as well. Um, and uh, we'll actually, we're just around the corner of uh, releasing a new music video as well. So stay tuned for that. Yep. New music video and that live footage from our whiskey show back in July. So. Playing the whiskey, that's going to kick ass. I mean, it's the whiskey, it's legendary. It's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a cool I mean, venue to play. You know? I grew up on like. <laughs> VHS tapes, you know, looking at bands kicking ass there. So it's definitely a cool feeling to be able to, you know, headline spot. But I think we're definitely looking at looking for other places to play at this point, trying to get out to Europe and other parts of the US and stuff like that. But it's home turf for us, you know. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, nice. I urge everybody to go out and listen to Gates of Twilight because it's an awesome album. You guys, you guys rock, and and like like Martin said, I mean, you you play your asses off and sing your ass off. So I mean, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we certainly wish you nothing but the best in the future and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. You guys are great. Thanks for having us. Without you, you know, you guys are the people who push it together with all of our other fans. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, man. It means the world. Thank you guys for having us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. We love the music. So, uh, so let's talk about it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good one, man. You Thank too. You. Looks like a wildcat Looks like a kid